Hi, welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Uh, Samantha isn't able to be with us today. She's dealing with the impact of Hurricane Dorian. So if any and all of you could send some love and healing and good energy to all the folks who have been impacted by that, that would be wonderful. Uh, it's, I think, the people involved, the earth involved, and just energetically, anything you can do to help will be a huge, huge benefit. Today, we are so blessed and so honored to have an incredible guest come on, Jean Hayner, the author of the book, Clear Home, Clear Heart, Learn to Clear the Energy of People and Places. A natural intuitive empath, Jean is able to feel and work with the energy of people and places. Highly sensitive as a child, she easily absorbed the energy of others, as well as being overly affected by the energy held in the environments. But through over 30 years of training and experience, Jean transformed her sensitivity into the power to work with energy on a very high level. Because of her personal experience with both the challenges and strengths of being an empath, she is well known as a compassionate and effective teacher, giving you the meaningful tools you can put to immediate use in life. People all over the world have discovered in Jean's workshops a community of like minds who support each other in their commitment to a more conscious path, one that is based on open-hearted compassion. Welcome, Jean. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And I first came across your work when you were on Hay House Radio, oh. and I followed you religiously because I was just so fascinated that you could pull in the correlation between the Chinese medicine and concrete things we could use in our everyday world. Oh, lovely. And I, at the time, I was working with some highly uh, emotionally disturbed and challenged individuals. And I would use the information that you shared about face reading and paying attention and all those things and apply it to the people I was working with. And it fascinated me to no end to see the patterns. Oh, so, I love that you put it to use. That's so wonderful. Thank you. Yes. And, and just I'm going to put in another little plug. If anyone is interested in that, we're going to focus on Jean's new book a lot in the show. But some other books Jean has written, The Wisdom of Your Face, Change Your Life with Chinese Face Reading, The Wisdom of Your Child's Face, Discover Your Child's True Nature with Chinese Face Reading, and Your Hidden Symmetry how your birthday reveals the plan for your life. What I love, love, love about your work is it all is so useful and applicable and it's universal. It has nothing to do with whether I'm in Maine and you're in <laughs> California and someone's, it doesn't matter. It, right. it, bring, it unites us together as a, as a community of, of people. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, one of the things I had mentioned before we got on the air was that I had look, read this little blurb of a webinar you did a while back on the three top myths about empaths and how people will sometimes see, you know, like the first one you had mentioned was, oh, empaths are over, overly emotional or fragile or volatile or so sensitive to the feelings of other people that they, they really can't control their own, own emotions. And I just found those three aspects fascinating. Would you mind expanding on those a bit? Sure. Well, you know, there's different kinds of empaths. It's not all just lumped into one category. There's different ways that we are sensitive to energy. And let me kind of just define uh, what I think of uh, as what an empath is, is basically an empath is anyone who is sensitive to the energy around them, who is aware of the energy around them and is affected 
by the energy around them because they're so aware. And one type of empath that I call the emotional empath, and this is someone who just naturally, in terms of, of their personality, has their feelings very close to the surface. They're very much in touch with their emotions. They're very emotionally available to other people. In Chinese medicine, we would say that these are the people with very open hearts. But in Chinese medicine, they also teach that our consciousness does not reside in our brains, that it resides in our hearts. And so people with who are open-hearted also have a very open consciousness. Now, what that means is not only are they very much in touch with their own emotions, they're very much in touch with other people's emotions too, that they can be a bit of an energy sponge, that they can take on the emotions of other people without even knowing that they're doing it because they're feeling it inside of them. So they assume it must be my feeling, it must be my emotion. So often these people not only are feeling their own feelings, they're feeling the feelings of the other people in the room or that they're connected with no matter where they are. And it can kind of be difficult to deal with, of course, when you're having so many emotions rise in your system. And this is often why they're misperceived and misjudged as being you know, overly emotional. It's, there can be some aspects of that only because they're so in touch with their feelings, but usually it's not that at all. It's just that they're so open-hearted. And part of their work in the world is to learn how to create healthy boundaries for the heart, not to shut down the heart, not even to protect it as in you know, thinking there's something bad out there, but just learning to recognize when a feeling isn't yours. <laughs> and even though that may sound like, huh, but just the awareness alone that a feeling that you're feeling might not be yours, like, wait a minute, I wasn't feeling this a minute ago before I walked into this room or started talking to this person. So maybe this isn't my feeling. Maybe this is theirs. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And in, in the intro to, to your new book, you had made the, and this just hit me like a, a brick. You said every thought leaves a little deposit of energy in your yeah. environment. And I think when we, even if we're brushing by someone in a social situation, as empaths, we may be more sensitive to, to holding on to that and dragging it into our energy field. And, and it kind of clings. It, Completely. That it cling on us. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I often joke that, you know, they say that we're beings of light, and we are, but that light is often obscured by all these thick layers of kind of invisible energetic dust of stuff that we've taken on from the outside world. So, you know, to someone who can see these kinds of things, people look more like Pigpen in the old Charlie Brown cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> around them it's just it's and it's not yours you know the bulk of it is just stuff as you've walked through the world that's kind of attached itself to you vibrated at your frequency and so is kind of just lingering in your field but that can be easily cleared once you know how right and then the physical empaths they they're the people that can walk into a room and sense the energy that's been there, or they may have physical reactions to things? Yes. So this is the second kind of empath that I call the physical empath. And these people don't soak in the emotions of other people, rather that they're physically affected by the energy around them. So that, you know, I'm an extreme example of this from birth. You know, I, I could walk into a room as a child, and it could have been an empty room. But I would feel the energy of an argument that had happened there two weeks ago and start to feel sick start to feel completely overwhelmed because of the intensity of the residue 
of the emotions held in that room. So it's kind of like invisible house dust, you know, that can, can linger there and, and build up over time. So people who are physical empaths often end up with environmental sensitivities, food sensitivities, allergies, autoimmune illnesses often for people like this, or just some other kinds of vague health issues that they can't really figure out what's going on. And it's because they've spent all their lives soaking in what I call information, the energy in the spaces around us or in the people around us. And that also can hang and linger in your field. And, and that's so much for your system to try to cope with. It can be exhausting. Um, physical empaths are so highly aware of what's going on around them physically that often at the end of the day they just have to have some alone time to go away from everyone and they think that something's wrong with them that they, they must be so fragile that they need so much space or so much alone time but it's like vitamins for them it's very necessary because they are so open energetically and i i have a son that's a physical empath and mm -hmm. i've watched him every so often he'll just go completely off the grid he'll say yes. i need to go take a kayak trip i need to go camp oh. i need to just get away from people and everything for a few days and, and good then, for him that he has a solution that's great but i think that's that's what a lot of us were trying to find ways how do we deal with this intensity but also yeah. celebrate it and not see it as a detriment and, and this has been a huge part of my work and research and practice over the past 30 plus years is, you know, how to get to a place where you don't have to, oh my gosh, I have to get away from everyone and get so stressed out by it. How you can just go through your days and walk through the world, feel all this and still be fine with it. Not yes. to be knocked off balance, not to be stressed, but to, to understand, ah, okay. You know, for me, people often say to me, oh my gosh, your life must be terrible because you're so, you're so energetically sensitive, <laughs> it must be a nightmare. And it used to be when I, was, when I was a child, I was sick all the time. I didn't know how to cope with this. I was in overwhelm all the time. But now it's like, oh my gosh, life is a buffet of all these wonderful <laughs> experiences. Like, oh, that's interesting. And oh, wow, feel that. It's, I don't, I don't uh, respond to it as something dangerous or stressful. It's just, oh, that's just some energy. Isn't that interesting to feel that? And isn't it interesting how it once you, and this, I don't mean this ego-based at all, but as it becomes more about empathy and compassion, it's so much easier to step back from those, those emotions and identify them and feel them, but not own them. Oh, I love you. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. And, you know, we're not, we, we can't blame ourselves for not being able to do this because we've never been trained. We've never learned how to manage our energetic boundaries or how to respond to what we're feeling. There's been no language for this. Everybody feels like they're the only ones. And, you know, thankfully now there's a huge wave of awareness coming up around being an empath. And I'm so thrilled for that because it really frees a lot of people from the self-criticism and the self-blame thinking there's something so terribly wrong with them. And it also helps them with the children that are coming in who are these amazing, amazing beams of light. Yeah. That I'm convinced are here for the big shifts that are happening, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> and, but I think as the more we can come in contact with us ourselves as empaths and we can 
teach these children so they don't have to go through those decades of a learning curve. Yes. And I mean, this is why I love empaths as parents, because we know. And so we can have a different level of conversation with our child. We don't discount their feelings. Like many empaths, we're told, oh, you couldn't possibly, get, what are you, no, you're not feeling that, or the, what's wrong with you? Instead, mm -hmm. we, we can help our children learn to honor and respect and manage their sensitivity. So it is transformed from what we were experience, which were experiencing, which was as a challenge, into actually a power, because being an empath is a marvelous thing. It helps you respond to people. It helps you read their energy, know how they're feeling, adjust how even how close you're standing to them or what words you use with them in order to help them feel comfortable and relaxed and at peace. It, it's a, a brilliant inherent talent once you learn how to, how to manage it and how to use it. And that's such a big key is, is seeing it as a gift and, and embracing that because... I, I think it's something that some of us may come more naturally by or have a, more of a depth with, but I think everyone can have, it's a spectrum. I really yes. believe Yes, gorgeous, absolutely. Um, and so the third type of empath, which is the one that people have kind of an issue with, and that's the person who may shut it off and become a little more what we would call toxic or they'll shut down their emotions or they'll, they, they're not, I, I think that they're, and I'm thinking of someone specific in my life who was very intuitive. And as she got older, she be, had some situations in her life that caused some, um, some severe grief and loss. And instead of working through that became very closed off and um, a bit harsh later mm -hmm. in life. So I, I wonder if that's, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought this up because I think this is still something that many people don't understand and they, they don't speak about in a compassionate way. The, you know, one way people describe what you call the toxic empath is there's a common term out there these days called energy vampire, which just makes my skin crawl. It hurts my heart to hear that um, because... Uh, the, the concept with these kinds of people is that they are either sucking your energy or harming you in some way deliberately, and that's not the case at all. These people, as you described to your friend, most likely she was or is an emotional empath, someone very open-hearted. But people who have open hearts also have vulnerable hearts, vulnerable to hurt, heartbreak, betrayal. And because they feel emotions so much more passionately than other people, it's a bigger deal to them when that happens. And there's many potential responses to that, but one common response is just to shut the heart down, mm -hmm. just build solid walls around it, to shut people out, to never allow yourself to be hurt in that way again. And then they become toxic, very unpleasant to deal with. People uh, judge them in certain ways. But this is basically just someone who's been emotionally injured and, and they haven't learned how to cope. They've gotten no help with it. The only thing that they knew how to do was to shut it down, for instance. Um, what I find in, in terms of how people uh, judge other people like this is, yes, they can have a very negative energy. We all broadcast a certain energy that is who we are. We broadcast who we are all the time as we walk around. And so if someone is emotionally injured, if they're broadcasting a very toxic negative energy that is the message of how they are inside, how, how in pain they are. But for an empath, someone who's sensitive, that can be very painful to be around, can be very difficult to be with someone like that because they are negative and unpleasant. 
But the fact is, they're not trying to do anything to us. The fact that we're so affected or exhausted by people like that is because we've nev never been taught how to manage our energy boundaries. So that when we encounter someone who's broadcasting a lot of toxic energy, we just we're open to it. We we just take it all on. That's our fault. That's <laughs> that's not the other person's fault. <laughs> so our job is to recognize you know, oh my gosh, have some compassion for this person. You know, if you saw that they were literally physically wounded, you wouldn't go, oh my goodness, I just can't stand to be around her. You would think, oh my goodness, this is terrible that she's injured. You know, if, if she was physically injured, you'd try to get some help for her. If she's emotionally injured, you probably can't do that unless you're a therapist. But at the very least, you, you shouldn't respond negatively or cast them out of your life. You, you might try to avoid them if you don't know anything else. But what I found with the clearing work that I do is that, first of all, if, you, if you're forced to spend time around a toxic person, you can just clear your energy afterwards or even before so you don't take anything on from them and to watch your own reaction to them because this harsh judgment of them is also affecting your energy and adding stuff that you're carrying around just from your own misperception and re negative reactions to them. Does, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it's very, very well stated. Thank you. Because I think so many of us, to protect ourselves, we equally shut down our hearts so yeah. that we have any more pain. Exactly. And so we can understand they're just like a, a more extreme version of where we are in our lives that we're trying to grapple with. And, and it can be difficult, again, because there's so little information, so few teachings out there that really uh, can help us in a practical, everyday way. Uh, you know, it can be wonderful to listen to inspirational talks and read books and things, but when you're back at the office with that right. <laughs> sick office mate, like, oh my God, what do you do? There's only so many meditations you can lead yourself through. And, and this is why my work has always been so focused on, okay, what can we do right away today? What kind of practical tools can I give you right away so that you aren't so affected, that you, your system is learning to respond differently? And I see that a lot with people trying to set boundaries with family of origin, that there may be people in their family who, who have that type of an energy, and they'll choose either to step away or find ways to protect themselves because it's caused such an emotional abyss between people because it, it's painful. It's very and, painful. Yes. And in some cases, it is absolutely the right decision to put some distance between yourself and family of origin because that can be a very spicy stew. There's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> you know, my clearing workshops, you, you, you practice with people you don't care so much about or you don't have much history with because there's not this built-in years of, of drama and reaction. So, you know, it's, it's really when you go home for a visit, that's the true test about, okay, <laughs> how much yes. have I learned here to not go into reaction to this? That can be difficult. So I don't want people to feel guilty or think there's something wrong with them that they haven't been able to uh, deal with family because I think that's at the extreme end of the spectrum about how do you cope with that. But that's a perfect example because it's similar to being a medium or an intuitive and you don't read the people closest to you. Yes. You to someone else. It's that same type of thing. It's all energy right. anyway. So that, right. that makes sense. Now, Gorgeous. I'm going to jump to your book because I, I haven't, that, and I'm not saying this to gush, it truly impacted me 
as a professional, but also as a very sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool is that you've broken it down into three sections so that you can go through one, you can go through the second, but every section is so useful. And like the first part on the personal clearing, and a lot of people have mixed feelings. You, you explain how to use a pendulum to clear space to make sure you're doing this. But what I love is that you actually explain why it works. <laughs> yeah. Not just, oh, get a yes, get a no, do what you need to do. You actually go into why and how it works and why it's a useful tool. And how that's, I, I think that that's really important for people to have a tool that helps them get out of their head or helps them think, oh, I'm making this up in my, or this is what I want the answer to be. But when yes. you get, and you, you show <laughs> different ways in your book how to use the, the pendulum as a tool so that you're not, you're not convincing yourself it's the answer you want. Yeah, and, you know, I'm a very left-brain person. A lot of empaths are very left-brain analytical people. And, and so it's important to me to find the science behind this, to have some logical explanation for what's really going on and why this does work, rather than just telling people to take it on faith or make it sound really out there and woo-woo, even though it does seem very <laughs> woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that really does help people to kind of get over themselves. And good Lord, you know, it's, it's just simply not possible to tune into something and just out of your own mind know whether it's your imagination or whether it's, you know, actually some information you're getting. Right. And what I love is the, the whole one thread that comes through the entire book is that this isn't about what you do, it's who you are. It's about what you're bringing into this. And yes, you may use a pendulum and yes, you may do this, but, and there's a process to go through, but really is as you clear your own personal energy, you're almost the conduit to help other people clear theirs. That's just right. That, okay. I just wanted to make sure I, now the one, one little thing that it, there was a part in the book that talked about how to clear the disturbing effects of others. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, yeah. but I have to admit that just fascinated the hell out of me. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it sounds very scary. Doesn't it disturb it the effects yeah. of others? Oh my God. <laughs> basically, you know, think about it. How many people listening have been to a crowded shopping mall at holiday time or Costco or something like that? And, you know, after a short amount of time there, just thinking, I have got to get out of here, or coming home literally just exhausted and thinking, what's wrong with me? I, you know, it's just window shopping. I wasn't really even doing that much. But we're surrounded by other people's energy. And we are affected by that. Our system has to cope with that. And the more people around us, the more we're having to deal with. And it's not just that once you leave Costco, everything's fine, because you can carry some of this home with you invisibly in your energy field. And that's what I mean by disturbing effects of others. It's just little energetic dust bunnies that have, <laughs> that have latched on that aren't yours, have nothing to do with you. And so we can very easily just clear those away. And it's amazing, even just clearing that one little layer people feel remarkably different. All of a sudden, oh my gosh, I'm, my mind is clear again and I'm not tired anymore and I feel great just after that. When I teach workshops often, this is the first kind of clearing that we do. And as I'm sitting there watching people doing the clearing, it's like steam rising. I can see from their, just from their heads, just like, oh, thank goodness. You can feel it. You can see it. It's really quite remarkable how much we're carrying just from having soaked it in from the people and places around us. 
So how, well, Samantha and I have talked a lot with people, and I do this for myself on a regular basis and suggest it to a lot of people, is protecting yourself energetically before you go into those places, before you're in those toxic environments. Do you find that that makes a difference with how much needs to be cleared? Well, you're not going to like this answer. <laughs> but okay. what, I, what I would suggest is, and I know what you mean, but what I would suggest is, first of all, if you believe there's something to protect yourself from, that doesn't help because that makes your system immediately tense up and go into fear about, oh, there's something bad that's going to affect me. And, oh, no, and I better put up this big shield around me. And, and so that isn't a nice, relaxed, compassionate way of being in the first place. Secondly, you know, when you keep doing that, that puts your system even into more stress than it was in the first place. With my work, and, and the reason I wrote the book and teach the workshops is there is another way that you can easily learn where as you walk into Costco, you're, you're aware, I'm, wow, you know, there's a lot of thick energy here. Isn't this interesting? It's just energy. It's about how your system reacts to it. That's the problem. So if your system is reacting to it, of oh no, then it's going to be actually worse than if you just walked in unaware. But if you walk in going, oh boy, wow, these people are stressed. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't take it on. You don't engage with it. You don't identify with it. You immediately know it's not yours. It, it, you're aware, oh boy, I'd be glad when I'm done with my shopping here. You get out and you haven't taken anything home with you because you haven't engaged with it. You haven't. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. And that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, because if you're always in that defensive mode, that's yeah. where your energy is going to be on on red alert. You're going to have that almost like an adrenaline right. thing all the time, waiting for it to be blindsided. And this is why many empaths already have physical health issues because below the level of their awareness, their system is on high alert. Because on some level, even unconsciously, they're aware that they are impacted by this energy. And so they go into it, maybe not protecting themselves, but they go into it anxious. Like, oh, am I going to be able to survive this and not be totally wiped out? So we don't want to increase that belief by thinking that you have to protect yourself. Instead, we want to just let that all go by saying, ah, okay, this is just energy. This is some information about this person or this room. It's not mine. It has nothing to do with me. I didn't feel like this before I walked in. I'm not going to feel like this after I leave. Right. And, and what's beautiful in your book, you describe how many layers there are. And if you're having a certain emotional reaction or you're having a certain physical feeling, there are different layers that need to be cleared. And, and I, that was fascinating to me as well, just how you, you need to clear this and then integrate and then get grounded in order for this to, to move on and, and be fully clear and present. Well, and the beautiful thing also is that all of my work is based on Chinese medicine. So there is a scientific foundation for this. These aren't things that I've just kind of made up because it sounded cool. <laughs> that, that there are reasons for each of these fields, that, that each field addresses certain aspects of our energy, our emotions, our life experience. And so this is a complete and comprehensive clearing. There's nothing that, there's no outliers. There's nothing that's left out. As a medium, I was fascinated with the ancestor energy that you brought mm -hmm. up and connecting with their support once they pass. Because I work with a lot of people and they'll want to connect with their family of origin or they're an intuitive or an empath or doing spiritually based work, whatever label you want to put on it. And they'll, 
be concerned that they're not able like my father was a very gifted medium and i know that mm -hmm. since he's passed he's helped me a lot with my work as a medium oh and I beautiful him step forward but i think that's really interesting to realize that we can still continue uh, um pretty much asking this is healing that if there was some unrest or if there was to realize that that can still continue you can still to continue to work energetically to heal that with your ancestral people on the other side absolutely there's really you know this concept of ancestors in western culture doesn't really mean very much we think what what do you mean you know great-grandfather great-grandmother what's that all about but in chinese culture uh, this concept of ancestors has a much deeper and richer meaning, and it has two sides to it, one positive and one more challenging. The positive side is the, the understanding in Asian culture that when a family member dies and passes over, they lose their sometimes troublesome personality <laughs> that you may have had difficulties with. They transform into an ancestor whose role it is to beam blessings on you to support you, to download all the wisdom and strength and power that they gained in their life to help you. And that's a big part of what you do with people. And when people can tune into their intuition, they may not be aware, but that support of the ancestors, intuitive messages that come through, an inner feeling that comes through. If we can open to that more, and that's part of what clearing this field has to do with, is opening more to that support is wonderful. But then the, the challenging side of this ancestor energy is that there can be what I call inherited issues, that something traumatic that happened to someone in your family line generations ago could have changed their emotional and spiritual DNA and been passed down to each subsequent generation until it landed in your life and created what is a problem for you. But because it wasn't created by you it wasn't your original problem no matter what you do to try to heal it you can't heal it because it didn't originate with you and so clearing heals back up the family line to clear these inherited issues there's a new science even in western science called epigenetics which has proven now for instance a, a trauma that happened to an ancestor affects their descendants it, for instance people who went through the holocaust their descendants are far more likely to have PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, even if they haven't experienced trauma in their lives, they inherited it. I had uh, done some shamanic training years ago, and that was one of the premises of that, was that any work that we do healing on that, that what I consider a cellular level, it sends healing back as well as forward. Absolutely. And it also supports that this is all energy. Exactly, yeah, that's beautiful. So this kind of leads me into the next part of your book about the space clearing. And we get a lot of people from our community, from our enlightened empaths community, or a lot of people that Samantha work and I work with who are feeling energy in their homes or their children are unable to sleep in their rooms. Or, And I've moved around a lot, so I've lived in a lot of different places. And the I feel the energy because I believe homes or, or buildings hold the energy of whoever has lived there or been there. And one time I, I lived in this brand new house and there was no energy. And it, I have never slept so well in my life because it was just this peaceful, peaceful place. <laughs> and from what you're describing in your book, you can help your home become that peaceful, peaceful place through space clearing. Absolutely. And this is actually how I got into this because I was so sensitive to the energy of environments. I found it very difficult to be in most spaces. 
and thought something was wrong with me. It wasn't until long ago when I was in my 20s, I married into a Chinese family, uh, traditional from China. My mother-in-law, very traditional, barely, barely spoke English. Um, but she started to try to teach me about Chinese medicine, Chinese philosophy, feng shui, Chinese face reading, all these things. And the one thing that I immediately really listened to her about was feng shui because that was saying to me, gosh, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe there really is invisible energy that moves through spaces and can get stuck or stagnant or go out of balance and be affected. And so that was my first doorway in. I, I long ago before feng shui became, you know, a kind of a trend back in the 90s, I was teaching and consulting with feng shui. Um, and before it kind of became silly and was all about, you know, hanging crystals in various places, it's, there's much more to it than that. Um, but that's what took me into space clearing because I often say that feng shui is about the visibles in the space. Like where do we put the couch and what color should the curtains be? And that's all very important. But space clearing is about the invisibles. You know, if, if you sat on that couch every night when you were going through a very difficult breakup with your boyfriend and cried and journaled and felt terrible, well, those feelings soaked into the couch. Interestingly, fabric and stuffing hold energy much more than metal or wood do. And so it wouldn't matter where you put the couch, you wouldn't feel good on the couch every time you sit there because you're sitting immersed in that cloud of unhappy feelings. Space clearing then clears the couch or it clears the room where some difficult feelings were felt or even just over time, just in the natural course of living our lives, we have emotions and anxieties and worries. And every time you have a thought or a feeling, it doesn't immediately just dissipate and evaporate. It can linger in the space, just like it can linger in your own energy field. I often find an area of stressed energy right in front of somebody's stove. Now you would think, well, why would that be? But if you imagine every night when you're making dinner, you're thinking about your day or stressing out about the meeting tomorrow or worrying about your kids. And every time you do that, you're kind of, you know, making a little deposit of that feeling in that space, night after night, day after day, month after month, year after year. And that actually then creates uh, an imprint of energy that makes it far more likely that the next time you step into that spot, you're going to have those same feelings again. So clearing can clear away all of that so that when you cook dinner, you're not immediately locked in to old patterns of thought and feeling and behavior. And that's huge. And I, I find, too, that uh, I live in, an, in New England in an old home from the 1800s, so there's mm. energy that comes through. And we've talked to a lot of the people that listen as far as when there's spiritual or there's, I mean, ghosts, that, you know, that's a different energy to me than a spirit visitor or it, it all, it's different frequencies. But what would be some ways that people could clear their homes from, to have someone escorted out or to have someone leave if <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you make a good point here is that it's not just our own energy that has filled up our homes. We also have to consider, you know, who lived there before us. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had so many instances where someone moved into a house and all of a sudden they started gaining weight. They were snacking more and craving food and eating more often. And, and then they discovered the person who lived there before had been an emotional eater. And they moved into that vibration. So it can be so good as you move into a new house to clear the energy there of whoever lived there before. It's, it's actually very rare, especially in North America, to have a so-called ghost in a space. 
when we come to emotional imbalances that are held in the space, there's a range. There's always like a spectrum. At one end of the spectrum, it's just a little minor upset somebody had one time <laughs> that made a little deposit there. It's a very minor thing, could be cleared very easily. Then we move along the range a little bit more. Maybe it's that in front of the stove where someone every night worried and worried and worried, and that can be cleared. Uh, later on, as we move along the scale there, it can be a situation like I had, I've had many times, but just as an example, there was a home where uh, a little old lady every afternoon for 30 years had taught piano lessons in the corner of her living room. And that had become so deeply imprinted. People thought they had a ghost because at times they could almost see her, hear the piano music, feel it. And what had happened was, no, it had just been so deeply imprinted. The movie, it was like a movie was running there, but the ghost, there was no ghost there. She'd moved on. She wasn't still attached to it. It's just more of a firmly kind of rooted uh, imbalance or some stress there from the children learning the piano or the teacher. At the far end of the range then would be a ghost. And let me define what I mean by a ghost. A ghost is the spirit of a person who has died but has not been able to pass over. They are trapped in the space for whatever reason. There can be a number of reasons why that can happen. With clearing, you, you don't chase the ghosts around trying to tell them to go to the light because you'll scare them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, they're confused. They're not quite sure what's going on. In my book, I actually give step-by-step -step instructions about how to do a full space clearing through your space, including how to clear a ghost. So you just follow the instructions. It's very, very easy. You, you know, if you, if you don't have the book and you're not sure what to do and you want to do something right away today, what I would suggest is just sitting quietly in your home, getting into a very peaceful state of mind, maybe meditating for a little bit, getting into your heart, and then very softly having a conversation with the ghost, even if you're just pretending and you think you're not doing anything at all, just having a conversation with them and asking them to leave explaining to them that they're dead now and this is no longer their home and thanking them and honoring them. And, but it is not about forcing them or giving them instructions about what to do because that's just now how it works with the ghost. <laughs> right, right. And I think that that depends so much on the way you, first of all, the way you describe it in your book, it's very succinct. It's very useful. It's not woo-woo airy-fairy. It's very useful information. The other thing, though, is I think a lot of that would, you, you made an excellent point a minute ago, with get calm, be centered. When you show fear, when you show, when if you're coming from a place of fear or anxiety, that isn't, that's not going to help anything. It, it will only make the ghost more upset and more afraid and less likely to be able to even hear you. Uh, when I, I led people on a, a field trip one time, a space clearing field trip to an old Victorian hotel where there was a ghost. Uh, and I'll, I'll cut, the, this is a really interesting story, but I'll cut to the chase here. Uh, she, we, she kind of materialized at the end of a corridor of one of the, ho of the hotel, and we were standing in a group in the corridor, and all we did was just kind of do energy clearing, as I teach you how to do in the book and in my workshops, and she gradually approached us closer because she felt more and more safe. She felt the peacefulness of, of what we had 
kind of settled into. She approached closer and closer until she was standing right next to me. And then with this beautiful just kind of sigh, she just, we could all feel her just release. And then this huge wave of gratitude passed through all of us. And this oh. is, gosh, once you've cleared a ghost, you'll want to do it every day. <laughs> it's such a lovely experience because they're always so grateful to finally be able to find a way out. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. You know, my whole premise is if I can raise my vibration and come from more of a place of compassion and empathy, it's going to help someone else raise their vibration and be in that same space. And that's going to cause a ripple effect and help with the healing that needs to happen on the planet, right? What you're talking about is do that same thing with, with people in spirit, whether they're your ancestors, whether they're ghosts, whether they're, it's all residual and energy in your home. It's about connecting with that from a place of peace and tranquility. Exactly. And, and you've got it spot on. And, you know, often people try to do that, but they don't know how. Um, so they, you know, they try to say some magical thing, or they try to force themselves into some kind of frame of mind, and that usually doesn't work. Um, and this is why I find it so important in workshops that within a few moments of training, oh, people just drop right in. And then once you've learned it once, you can always come back to that place again. It's very, very simple. Human beings naturally synchronize with the energy around them. So what you were just describing is spot on. That even just as we walk through the office, as we walk down the street, we are affecting the other people around us and being affected by them. We're all, you know, we're all connected in consciousness. Oh, love, love, love that. And then I know we need to finish up, but the, the third part of your book on activating the power of your compassion, compassionate heart. That ties the whole book together, but it also, it, it expounds on what we were just saying, that truly that's the key to all of this work is coming from a place of compassion because it helps us heal our own hearts as well. And as, as an empath who has had a lot of um, less than favorable events in my life, we'll just leave it at that. It took me many, many years to get to the place where I felt it was safe enough to open my heart again. Oh. And once you do that, it allows you to be more present for other people and to enjoy the aspects of being on the planet in right. a way that we might not be able to in the past. And, and thank you for that. That's beautiful. And I would also offer that most people need some help or guidance to be able to get to that place. I find people are so often lost in blaming themselves for thinking, why can't I do this? You know, I want to be open hearted, but here I keep finding myself not being the kind of person I want to be. Well, we've had years and years and years with no assistance, no guidance, no help at all about healing our own issues. And this is another thing I talk about in the book. It's not just about clearing the energy we've taken on from the world around us, but about clearing our past history and the baggage we're still carrying that is preventing us from opening our hearts again, as you so eloquently described. And so this is why I think people like you and all probably many people listening here are showing up to, to join forces here to really help people heal, come back into balance so that we can be open-hearted toward others and most of all toward ourselves. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, and I, this has been spectacular. Thank you so, so very much. And you're just because you come from such a place of truth and, uh, and it's very, I love the science-based part as well, because both my hemispheres light up as well. <laughs> <laughs> like the, 
that a lot. Uh, now, if you're interested in more of Jean's work, please pick up the book. It's fascinating. It's a it's well written, so you can read through this. You can go at your own pace. You can practice the techniques. Clear home, clear heart. Learn to clear the energy of people and places. If you'd like to have the experience of doing um, an event with with Jean, she's going to be at Kripalu in Strawbridge, Mass. Next month, October twentieth to the twenty fifth, and this is a clear home, clear heart retreat, which looks fascinating and fabulous. In November the second and third, Jean will be in Austin, test. Texas doing a clear heart workshop, learning to clear personal energy. And if you're looking for something a little more further out uh, for some long-term planning next March, the 6th through the 9th of 2020, Jean will be in the San Francisco Bay Area teaching a clear home, clear heart advanced training. Her website, jeanhainer.com, is a plethora of information and videos. And, oh, there is so much information on that. Please, please visit this site because you will be amazed with how much you'll walk away with. So, Jean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been uh, such a pleasure and an honor. Well, Denise, it's been so lovely talking with you. And I'm sending you love and everybody out there listening. Thank you so much. And stay in touch. Thanks again. Thank you. And to all of you, remember the the mantra, show up, do good work, and share your light. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody.